0: This is Shift Run Stock. It's um, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. Let's go. It's
1: Christmas Eve. What the hell are you doing listening to your podcast? <laughs>
0: Happy Christmas yeah come back after say.
1: New Year and we'll be here waiting for you but the day this was released was was uh, Thursday the 24th of December and uh, if you are if you are listening to this on Christmas Eve then hello our thoughts are with you and we're glad that you're with us yeah. sorry you're listening to I'm us i'm sorry
0: this is how you're spending christmas but yeah.
1: it's exciting though if you're, you're actually listening to this the day it comes out and it's christmas eve then let us know because that's quite exciting yeah i'd like to um
0: i quite like the idea that we should have put this up on christmas day as competition for christmas <laughs> like so it's the this, queen's Feature or us we've become so confident in ourselves that we're actually trying to poach People away from We're going christmas. To own Christmas.
1: <laughs> yeah. See I think Christmas Eve, I think even that is quite a long shot. But Christmas Day, yeah, mm. nobody does anything on Christmas Day apart from eat. It's well I don't yeah. anyway. I mean maybe, Watch maybe telly yeah. no,
0: maybe go for a walk, but I think this is prime Christmas listening. That's perfect. Entertainment.
1: You're welcome to join us, listener, and thank you for thank you for downloading us. Um, we today uh, will be talking about robots. We're going to have some great guests on.
0: We've got Dan Meyer. Not Meyer as you might have thought from the way it's written down. He writes TV Burp and is becoming a bit of an internet celebrity himself due to his funny Twitter account.
1: Does, does comedy voices. Did voices on head
0: cases.
1: We're also meeting Maggie Philbin, the TV presenter and technology journalist.
0: And she's coming on with LJ Rich. She's um, She's been on loads of stuff on telly.
1: First of all, LJ Rich, you're wearing your three keyboard cat moon t-shirt. I
2: actually got it the day it came out. I pre-ordered it on the website. As soon as I saw it, I knew it was the one. And I, I would wear it if it went with more things. But I knew that I was coming onto a shift on stop. I thought, well, I need to wear something good for the radio. So, uh, <laughs> got that.
1: oh. That's good. Anyone who's ever seen the three wolf moon T-shirt will know uh, that obviously very well. But imagine <laughs> that with, with keyboard caps instead of wolves. And
0: I imagine there's some overlap on the ven of people who've seen those two things.
1: <laughs> I um, think this the same. Yeah, people. it's a
0: work of art. I did
2: do a blog post about it when well, I got it. Yes. Oh, What's it's embarrassed
0: enough. a little, what? but not enough to not wear it. What's your blog, LJ, for, for people who might want to look you up? Oh, my blog's
2: called up? Geek Chic, and I blog a lot less Than I Twitter at the moment because Ah. Twitter is very easy. You get 10 seconds to yourself. You can send off a sneaky text when you're doing something interesting or it's Mm a blog. I feel a responsibility to Mm. actually, you know, check the spelling, for example. And you're LJ Rich on Twitter. I am. I'm at LJ Rich. Mm -hmm. And uh, Maggie's at Maggie Philbin and you're at... Enemy of Chaos, and you're at Rue Reynolds. You are, you've got them all.
1: I was comparing your uh, your respective careers this afternoon, and one thing <laughs> that really... <laughs> one. I've,
2: worked, I've done every job in the world before I ended up in TV. I've worked in the NHS, <laughs> I've worked uh, on social services. I mean, my goodness, I've worked in factories. I worked, actually, I worked in a uh, playing the piano in bars and pubs and clubs and things like that, and playing keyboards in a glam, sort of glam rock opera band, going around mm. the States doing yeah.
1: that. Again, you also worked like, on almost every television channel I can think of <laughs> in the last few years I
2: might have done yes I suppose I have
1: starting at was it Bid Up TV? was your first report? oh wow
2: someone's done their prep I yes. was reading your website <laughs> all <laughs> I afternoon I was part of the i uh, sorry about that I was <laughs> part of the launch team for Bid Up TV way back in I think it was 2000 back when that was a, it was a new thing they had some very well prior to that if we are going to go into the painful <laughs> depths of my career I mm-hmm. left university and went into a job sound engineering at Pete Waterman's studio oh wow. um, and that was crazy because for the first month and a half the only thing you're allowed to do is make the tea mm-hmm. and then maybe run out and get Chinese for everybody and come did back. didn't make it
0: today though, did you? No, I didn't.
2: <laughs> no, but I will Sorry. make the next one. I'm, yeah. I still make tea for the click team because I think it's one of those things that it's always nice to get tea and it's always nice to make tea and I believe that the tea made by other people tastes nicer than the tea made
1: by itself.
3: Yeah,
2: unlike coffee actually which can go the other way. That's very really true. Mm-hmm. I've never put the tea, either.
3: I
0: think you're right, you've, you've hit an nail on the head and this yeah. is very good
3: um, it is. Layla's a good, a good team.
1: Well, it took me ages
0: because I have a thing. we talk about, we always talking about like our weird OCD things, and and like, I wanted, I want them all to be exactly the same colour. <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> are you a milk in first person? Um, um, well, varies actually. I, I don't know, I don't commit to either. You uh, see, I read this thing in New <sighs> no. Scientists.
1: Right. I agree with you, Maggie. Unless you yeah. want ginger babies, don't mm-hmm. put the milk in first.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you
4: are. <laughs> that's what my Post, grandmother used to tell post-lacterium. me. Post lactarius. <laughs> Post true. So here's a friend of mine to explain just how the votes were cast and then there's a a little animated film of himself with me doing his voice and I'm sitting there watching this thinking this is is really really weird now I'm (laughs) sitting in the Albert Hall watching me a white Jewish man from Newcastle uh, doing the voice of a, a West Indian newsreader in small animated form, uh, and and with all the great and the good of the TV industry watching it, right. I thought this really—I I didn't know—I wanted the floor of the one of the trap doors in the floor of the alcohol to open up and so on me out.
1: But he must have liked it. He must—he must appreciate. Well, he must have it. approved it. Yeah. Right? I don't know if. It, well, I don't like it, but if we've got to do it, I suppose it might have been one of those.
0: Sounds quite a lot like your impression of your cat. Actually. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not when enough. your cat talks. It <laughs> like Trevor McDonald's. Anyway, so
4: you're pulling away that rug now from a ways sorry. You laid down the rug, of saying oh. you're good at doing voices, Dan. Now you're pulling that rug no, away. But then I met you're good him. At, good in doing that voice. Doing, <laughs> doing <the> voice. <laughs> that voice <laughs> that you can do. Um, but I, I was introduced to him afterwards at the, at the do mm-hmm. uh, by someone who'd uh, worked with him on some uh, documentary in Africa or something. Where they gone? Oh, he's 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 Travis. Lovely. You must you must come and meet him. Um, know, okay. Then I felt a little bit not sure about it, and shoot, I was introduced to, <laughs> to him, and he was basically. Chatting up three attractive was <laughs> uh, obviously regaling them with uh, yes, mainly do the infighting, <laughs> And sort of the, this friend tapped on his shoulders, uh, "Sir Trevor, this is Dan. He was he did your voice in that uh, in in the in the V T that we showed earlier on, and he was he sort of went oh, hello.' And then just immediately turned, actually, i was sort of left with the outstretched hand that. Could have gone, possibly could have gone slightly better. <laughs> He maybe we
1: didn't enjoy the impression quite so much after all. Maggie, you started your first TV job was was the the most, um, I, I guess it would have been the most watched Saturday morning kids show. Uh, at the time, and, and for a long time, which was Multicolour Swap Shop. You, yeah. That was literally your first TV job. was, yeah, was yeah, Saturday morning TV. Yes, Th-
3: though I had done when, when I was at uni. I'd done bits of extra work to earn some money. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because one of the um, guys in our, we, we, I was in the English and Drama Department at Manchester, and one of the the sort of the third years got a job as assistant casting director at Ooh, Ronaldo, which handy. was very useful. <laughs> That's a good thing to do. And they it? used to cast all of us, and and the money was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Because when you think this is back in nineteen seventy seven yeah Mm -hmm. yeah 76 77 we did the extra work and you used to get 30 quid a day as an extra. If you were directed, i.e. just told to do something, then it went up to 50 pounds. And then if you had had real direction, I you, you were, did, had to do something on your own, it went up to 75 quid. Well, and that was, in those days, yeah. was like a fortune. Mm. So that when I got, you know, you as know, it's, it's, you say, that, that job on Swap Shop, which was like a total surprise and <laughs> amazing and no one more flawed than me uh, that when I got it. And the first contract came for my first day's filming. And of course I'd done the filming typical BBC fashion before the contract arrived um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, are very trusting obviously yeah, and, and I opened it up and I and I said to my flatmate how much do you think I've got how much do you think we get for filming and she went oh well and she worked it out because she too had done the extra work so oh, I don't know um, probably has to be at least 200 pounds doesn't it I said, how does twenty-five quid? Sleep? Oh, no. You're and better We off all as extra. paid, you know, I and Noel and um, Keith Chegwin and John. We all got the
1: same. John filming. Craven, by the, the way, for Taylor. anybody to yeah. to uh, anyone
3: not young, on first young,
0: name terms. I, I wasn't <laughs> going, to
1: going to say too young <laughs> I was going to say too too, too stupid to watch. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. We all
3: got paid twenty-five pounds a day. For wow. filming That's a great
1: fact. Yeah. Yeah. And and Brilliant. it launched the careers of, of all of you. I mean, you you know, you all went on to to do amazing things on television. And in fact, you you married Keith Chegwin. Yes. As well. And yes, you had
3: a no other marriages resulted in this regard. It was <laughs> just, <that one, laughs> yeah. just that
5: one marriage. Yeah. That's
3: um, amazing. Yeah. No, it was It was great. It, well, It allowed you. The The, the lady who invented it um, was, was someone, um, a, a real BBC lady. And I think people imagine that someone who'd come up with the idea for the, the first Saturday morning programme would be, you know, young... You know, trendy mm. person maybe in their late 20s max twi-
1: somebody like Layla yeah. <laughs>
3: well, <they were> four, <laughs> or LJ Rich she was in yeah well, we'll How she might well get a surname <laughs> I'm always here but she was in and her late true. 50s when she came up with that idea and wow. she was I mean, and I'm not Mm. saying, obviously, you know, um, but but I think it's just surprising and and just Mm. people worth remembering Mm. that Mm. having a really fresh approach to um, television and radio and, um, you know, broadcasting, whatever, you know, you're still having those ideas Mm. all your life. And she had that fantastic concept. Um, And, yeah, and Rose, my my daughter, is named after her.
1: Named after the producer who... who, uh, Yeah,
3: yeah, and who was also brave enough to give me a job. Superb.
1: And actually, earlier, Elgiv and I said uh, you'd you'd kind of you know start at the bottom in television. What I meant to say was, you your first television appearance was on the other side in Tizwos.
2: Oh, somebody has been doing that. <laughs> in fact, uh, I'm be sitting next. To no, exactly. You what are you two off. doing? Even
1: talking to each other? That's
2: what you yeah. said in the car when we were going we were, up to Kingswood Warren. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying, I can't believe you did. Yes, I was on Tizwos. Yeah, and it's far out, actually. Yes. Joy. What
0: did you do on Tizwos? Were you were you um, were you performing? No, you, although I... I
2: did manage to clamber on to the, um, the area where the bands get water thrown at them. I was probably five years old, and there's me standing behind Lemmy, hoping against hope <laughs> that I'm going to get covered in buckets of water like the grown-ups. Cause, uh, and they had uh, a character called the Phantom Flan Flinger mm. there. I, I don't know, some of your listeners may remember. I was very little. None of and... them
1: watched his was, I can assure you they were watching the other side. Oh,
2: of course they were. <laughs> but they might have flicked over occasionally. I mean, Not that there were any breaks, because it was on BBC One, but maybe it started <laughs> I I was too young to know I mean now I know the error of my ways if I could change things I would I'd go back and change them, but I can't I'm sorry about that listeners but you know
3: you you talk about the difference in our our careers I Mm. think really what the difference is is the way telly has changed Mm. because um, way back when when I got that job on sculpture there were only three channels full stop there there, there were none of the other other opportunities for people to gain experience and um, you know develop nothing like Mm. that at all you know Mm. that, that was it
1: it. You either and, started on big mainstream television yeah, or you never yeah, got on that. Yeah,
3: it's not that I was mm. a genius. It just, you mm-hmm. know, um, that um Rose Rosemary Gill was probably <laughs> right after. Well, but whatever, but there wasn't you know, there actually wasn't a choice. So mm. um and in fact I think it, it's great because it means that not that you can make any mistakes, but any mistakes I made, everybody saw Um, you know, you, you don't you know, there's no chance just to to grow a little bit and work out who
4: you were, mm. you're just there. I collect Pocketeers, that's What's a Pocketeer?
0: True.
4: I brought some Pocketeers to, oh, do show to us, share with you, because I don't know what Pocketeers, Pocketeers are. Pocketeers are plastic toys that were manufactured by Tomy in the 1970s and 80s, and they're so valuable that I've brought them in a full Tesco bag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I brought three or four examples. Uh, they were just it's one of those sort of midlife crisis things where I decided to rediscover my childhood by collecting these things because when I was about 10, 11, 12 years old I kind of obsessed over them and a new one would come out every so often (gasps) Steeplechase we've got Steeplechase we've got Gobble there's Gobble I don't know, what that, that's a driving one, I don't know what that was called, and that's Las Vegas. <laughs> if anything didn't deserve the, the moniker Las Vegas, it's a small plastic box with a clockwork mechanism, a magnet and some dice in it. <laughs> that is the real Vegas experience. So, um, a new one of these would come out every so often. These are kind of the precursor to the Game & Watch, I suppose. They're the last of the sort of pre-digital age, mm-hmm. um, where games were operated by things that didn't involve batteries. Uh, and what sort of fascinates me about them is that they're all the same size and shape so you basically, these game designs obviously have to start with a clear plastic box mm. of a particular size and then they have to put a game in it and there's something about that that really sort of fascinates me of what they could do within that size of uh, box yeah. so some of the games are based on magnets and doing things with magnets, some of them are clockwork we've got a timer, Las Vegas I think the idea is to get the numbers 1 to 6 in the right order in a
1: just so you, you, well, you time yourself to, to get them in the. Yeah, other. I'm trying
4: to. So you'd start with it like. Maybe start with them in the, in the large section, and then one at a time you have to yeah. shake these numbers so they disappear into this small section. So you're there, get the one down, but, I, but it's knackered, of so course, you have to stop there for about three <laughs> seconds. But that's the principle of that. Others have magnets, we've got this nice mm. little driving game here, where well, you have to guide a car around a, a road.
0: It's not moving at all.
4: Oh, there we are. Look, I've caught it. So now I've got to try and go around that corner. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's not really working very well. No. The magnet's have obviously weakened over the years. Uh, did you have these as a kid, by the way? When
0: you like, did you have did you have loads of
4: them? These ones I've got are all ones that I've well, actually a handful of them. I think are the originals I had when I was a kid. Most of them I've got from eBay. Oh. Now. But uh, the nice ones, the ones that are actually in the original boxes, they used to have little plastic boxes that would hang on in a toy shop
1: mm.
4: from the thing.
1: I distinctly uh, remember the steeplechase one. A friend of mine must have had it. steeplechase was
4: always my favourite. Yeah. That's my favourite of all of them. It's yes. basically just guiding a ball around a maze. But I was so excited by how intricate this was and how it had all these tiny little bits to it that I thought was really exciting. So there's the start. See, theoretically, I would get that ball all the way around there mm-hmm. and then get it in that bridge. Go around there, follow this course... I can't even get to there. It's never gonna happen. So he just falls out of the start. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, once upon a time I could do that when I was young and nimble fingered. Oh no, I started the clock off oh, Las <laughs> Vegas again. Las Vegas is off. That's Vegas is off. I'm on
2: computers. I'm
0: on the show.
1: Alice Bartlett, you are welcome to Shift Run Stop. Thank you. We've had a competition. Yes. The competition that we had was send us your favourite robots.
6: I didn't. I sent you all a load of things that weren't robots.
1: Well, you the did. First time, really. What time we told you that. Uh, no, maybe you, you pointed it out. Somebody pointed it yeah, out no, that those I weren't read, really robots. I read
6: them back and thought, hmm, those might not be robots actually. Um, so you had
1: another go at it? had can a second you re- Can you remember you re- you re- you re- what your second stab was?
6: Well, Data, Star yeah. Trek, The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Um, there was Data and mm. then uh, Calculon from Futurama, um, who just has the best lines. And I like Bender in Futurama, but he's sort of in there a lot, and um, I'm not sure. Sometimes I'm a bit bored of him. Mm. But Calculon, whenever you see Calculon, you know it's going to be a great episode. <laughs> um, so Calculon, and then uh, yeah, Britney Spears as uh, an android in mm. Austin Powers Gold member. Not because I like Gold Member, it's not a great film, but uh, just Britney being she's an so android. Is what just... does he have to do? I don't know.
0: I, don't I can't, I them.
6: think she's sort of supposed to maybe. I, just, I can't remember really. I think probably she's meant to seduce Austin Powers and then Austin Powers turns out to be too sexy for her and then her head explodes. <laughs> she blows up. Yeah.
1: She's a fembot.
6: She's a fembot, exactly. Um, but I really chose her just because I quite like Britney Spears hmm. and I was excited I to like be able Britney to Spears. shoehorn her into some other things. It's, so. good. it's
1: good. So the exciting news, uh, which we can uh, we can exclusively reveal now for the first time live on, uh, on whatever this is that we're recording onto, uh, is that completely independent of you just having bought us a christmas card <laughs> yes. you won the competition
0: you are a the
6: winner you are the we're winner that's so exciting it's a bit convenient that i'm
1: here and
0: yeah. uh, well no in, in fairness we went through them all and, and in the end we just went now they are the best we we're gonna to have to give it to her damn, <laughs> damn it. No, it that it looks, looks a bit like, awkward it. we've already invited her on the show <laughs> yeah. and now we're gonna to have to make her oh, win the competition it looks uh, nepotistic but we haven't got the prize on us but we will get it to you so
6: no. yes and the How prize the prize
1: is a a robot kit uh, with yes. the card and the instructions to make a robot out of cards. This is
6: great. Um, cool. Yeah, my, my boyfriend's doing a PhD in robotics. Um, oh. Actual robots. Awesome. So uh,
3: he'll love me more if I tell him about this. <laughs> um, we can bond over it. They were very secretive about the fact that they got me. Mm-hmm. And they, they told Noel, but they didn't tell anybody else uh-huh. at all. I mean, they were quite extraordinary the way they were. <laughs> so they, they, they did have like a photo session, which was, you know, you know, to launch the fact. They'd made me not tell anyone other than my family, so I'd had to sort of lie to my friends for a quiet while, which was really difficult. Mm. And so then I pitched up on the day to do these, these pictures in this room, um, and the, you know, it, it was in the bowels of, of a telecentre, center and they got like one of those huge, great big white sheets, you know, and the photographer, photographer mm. was there, Noel was there, no, as I say, he knew. But John and Keith hadn't got the faintest idea who this person was, who was suddenly in the pictures yeah. with them oh, and um, John, John thought I was the makeup girl uh, and I was quite flummoced because at one point he kept saying how shiny do you <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why this man's asking awesome oh girl. you <laughs> missed your chance you <laughs> <and> got <music laughs> on him <laughs> yeah, fine. Thing. and you know I just thought He's, you know, I thought he was a serious news person um, wow. and, and then Keith thought I was a competition winner also like, would you like me to sign a picture for you and I went
1: okay I'm going to be appearing
5: Next to you, <laughs> yeah, so
3: he <laughs> yes, I mean, I mean, it was really funny, and this misapprehension went on all the way through. I mean, no one, you know, told uh, dis- you know, not dis- them at all. Yeah. And then we all went and had lunch together. And then you know, John was saying, "Oh no, it's really odd. I, you know, I I know most people who work in makeup, but you know," and, and, and then I I felt really uncomfortable. It was, it was very odd, and I, to this day, I don't know why they did that. You know, whether it was
0: some kind of initiative test or. They <laughs> like, just had forgotten.
1: You've forgotten to tell the other <laughs> presenters. The other
4: presenters.
0: <laughs> and they used to have on those kind of programs that, that thing with. And Live and Kicking was the one else, wasn't it? With, the, uh, with those rubbish games like you'd have on your phone now. Um, but they'd get kids to phone in on the telephone. Um, on their parents' oh, yeah. and yeah. direct, and somebody backstage. I think the
1: words left,
4: left, splat; yeah. right, right, splat. <laughs> and, either ways,
0: and and they wouldn't brilliant. the uh, controllers would never keep up with the kids. Don't and the kids would always be dying because of the dick backstage.
4: To get you off. But some right. of them would be, be really hysterical, and other ones would be quite calm about it. Yes, there were different instructions. Some of the, some of the, the Splat was definitely one of them in one of the games. But I think there were other ones. Probably on that would caterpillar would or something. Bomb or drop or something. Yeah. But yeah, some of the really, kids would be kind of, right,
6: right, splat, right.
4: And the other ones will be more right splat, left, <laughs> left splat. It'll be much calmer if I can just remain in control here, I can win some <laughs> be okay. crap some electronic bit of, yeah, mm. tat.
0: Um, <laughs> shall we read out our runners-up? Let's do. What, okay. What was, who was
1: the first runner-up? The
0: first one I have is Andrew Nicolau. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. Um, and it's Andrew N on Twitter. And he says, the Fix-It's... From Batteries Not Included, Yes. Um, which you think have some kind of weird shell that they make or something? I think they're like
1: hermit crabs. I think they make right. themselves a, a, an exoskeleton, a, a kind of um, an outer shell out of whatever they find lying around. I think that's but one you, of the cute things about them.
0: I like that about them. Yeah. That's good already.
1: I, I I hope I'm not making that up, otherwise, otherwise maybe they the, shouldn't be the runner-up anymore. But I think I think they're... Are they're, them. these the
0: spaceship things, or they're, are these something the kind
1: else? kind of spaceships that end up building... Building, right. uh, okay. building either themselves or versions of themselves out of stuff that's lying around.
0: The second one is the robot from Lost in Space, um, which we think has a name.
1: Well, it's not. It doesn't have a name. Oh. According to Wikipedia, it has doesn't have a ha- number. Yeah, it has, a, <laughs> it has, has, a, has a it has a class. It's it's not. It doesn't have a given name, but it's uh, it's a robot, which is model B nine class M three general utility non theorizing environmental control robot. Okay. That's what that robot is.
0: Or robot for short. Or robot,
1: yeah, from from Lost in Space.
0: I'm glad. I, I like to imagine that you knew that as well. It's,
1: just that, it, that was just, off the top of my head. I didn't read it. that. Yeah. yeah, you
0: didn't. didn't that just,
1: just came off the top of my head. And this uh, is a witness.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and Johnny Five from Short Circuit, which is everybody loves Johnny Five. We had a couple of votes for Johnny
1: Five. We did. A lot of people well, like Johnny number
0: Five. Number Five, which is his real name. Number Five. Number five. five. Johnny Knight is alive. the name he gives himself. Yes,
1: but, because he becomes self-aware.
0: Yes. And our second runner-up is Murray Steele, who goes under the name of. H Lame, H L A M E on Twitter.
1: Or, I don't know, it could be Hlammy.
0: Could be. Could be Hlammy. (laughs) Or the H might be a silent H.
1: Could be Lame.
0: Could just be Lame. Um, Anyway, he likes Deckard from Blade Runner, depending on the ending you Oh, clever. Um, He also likes Walter the Wobot. and uh, Maximilian from Black Hole. So we're going to give him a prize. Yes. The final one is Moali who likes uh, Robot Archie, which is a comic robot, and I think he's our, our only vote for a comic book robot. Yes. So we'd definitely like that.
1: Robot Archie uh, from the first uh, edition of Lion magazine. Okay. Did you know?
0: <laughs> I do now. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and Robbie the Robot.
1: Robbie the Robot from... Uh,
0: Forbidden Planet?
1: Yeah. Um, Good call. Cool.
0: Classic robot design there. And, uh, yeah, a bit of a possibly... Um, not not quite predicting the future of robots in the way that they've turned out, but still good. And Gort from the day the Earth stood still. Which that's,
1: is that's a good robot. That's a kind of
0: uh,
1: yeah. That's that's a robot that stands, stands in your head. Have you ever seen the film? Then the 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 scary is big there, all in one unit. No genes. No thing. Sense. Eight, like eight a, foot tall. Yes. But like it's kind sort of humanoid, but but very scary. Yes. This is excellent A good scary robot there. For 1951, uh, which I believe is the year that the day of the Earth still the was made. One,
0: but it's also in the second
1: one. And in the second one, but in CG it? in the second one. It's not is quite it? the same, oh. is it? Yeah.
0: Uh, so great robots there. Great
1: robots in their original incarnations. Well done, everyone. Stand
0: by for more robot facts. Oh, and and the
1: various prize winners, obviously Alice has won the, the card robot building kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other uh, runners-up have won something, uh, something cool. And we're going to get your addresses and we're going to post you something cool. Maybe we shouldn't ru- ruin the surprise by telling you no, what you No, I
0: mean, I can probably reveal that some of the prizes are coming from Suck UK, which you'll know is the company that makes all the lovely, geeky, householdy stuff like... Um Robot salt and pepper shakers. We haven't got those. That, that, but stuff that, like that. Stuff like that. Yeah. But,
1: um, in fact, the, these prizes may not even be robot related, but they're going to be nice. They're going to be cool. Yeah, They'll
0: be fun yeah. and cool. And um, if, you, if you win something, send us a picture
1: of yourself with the prize <laughs> and we'll put it on the blog. You've both played quite an important role in, in bringing recent cutting-edge technologies to, to, uh, to the UK. So, uh, you know, um, Maggie, thinking back to your... Time on Tomorrow's World, I think it was it was you who told us about fax machines for the first time, and mm, barcode yes, readers yes. and GPS, and, mobile phones, yeah. and yes, that's still happening, like, both of you know, you. you're still doing this. I yeah. <laughs> feel it, well,
0: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: <laughs> you should thank You made the, it, it was, all,
1: thank you. For the
2: all stuff in this room. <laughs> 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 you so,
3: see
0: uh, that
2: lab, <laughs> it's amazing, <laughs> it's like a yeah. cave.
0: <laughs>
3: They yeah, do. They do you say, green, you know, have you got any of the stuff? <coughs> yeah. And you think, well, no, I haven't got any of the stuff. <laughs> you wouldn't have it because well, no, you wouldn't have wanted it because it was all in prototype stage. Uh, it was very clunky bits of kit that you wouldn't have given. You
4: to give an house room to. Mysterious cities of gold. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Around the world these days. Oh, uh, yes, yes. yes
0: really poorly animated as well.
1: When you look, back. awful and Tanian. I've never watched Tanian. I love it.
4: Well, the thing I love about those Euro oh, ones yeah. is the Euro dubbing. Yeah. I love the, the voices of uh, things on oh, stuff like Tanian where you have those. There's something weird. I don't know what it is. There's a type of voice acting on those things that people go, hmm, what? <laughs> <"Yes>, what? <laughs> Let me through. I have a message for the king. <laughs> what? Mm? The king? Mm? <laughs> what? Stop him what? <laughs> this is really odd up for the only thing even this movement, yeah.
1: Oh, it's brilliant. I don't even know where it came from. Was it Spain or Portugal or Dogtanian was it? Some... Spain, Portugal <laughs> What did he say? What? It comes from Spain? <laughs> what? It's really yeah. odd, odd, odd. I don't know. I don't know where it was. A friend of mine got the box set of Dogtanian and we we decided we were going to have Wait it a minute. I stop (laughs) you (laughs) (laughs) there. A friend of yours got the box set. box box set, Daltonian. I I I feel a bit better about (laughs) my pocket now. isn't it? it? There's a lot of Yeah. And uh, we had a kind of retro, Once, once a week for quite a few weeks, we got together and watched a couple of episodes and um, yeah it was good, it was good. but the, the quality was much lower than we remember it yeah I thought that at the time you think that's a cartoon particularly yeah. with
0: Around the World days though it's really bad it's like stunning felt tips and everything's like <laughs> really? out of scale with everything else and it's so poor yeah, very jerky because really yeah. you remember it being like oh a lion in clothes how wonderful and then you
4: watch it it's like this is
0: terrible what was I thinking I, was like, I don't respect
4: my younger self there's that thing of whether you have the, they have the charm that the sort of seventy weird seventies Czech animation had and all that kind of stuff, whether that was charming or whether it's just about childhood nostalgia, or whether it's what is wrapped up with it. Mm-hmm. And say you watch that stuff now and you think big deal. Yeah, but the context is completely different. But the context well is you coming home from school as a ten-year-old and yeah. putting on yeah. Murren Butch tanzinger or putting on <laughs> Ulysses. <laughs> that was crazy Ulysses in space. Was that, that, it was brother's genuinely brother's brother. quite frightening. Some mm-hmm. of that when mm-hmm. they had they were all those things were all in suspended animation. There was some weird, I can't remember, I remember that being quite scary. Mysterious Cities of Gold was uh, also very good. yeah one that never seemed to finish.
3: I'm in computers.
7: I'm in the mainframe. I'm in your headphones. These, these don't appear to be particularly Christmassy, but were in the sort of Christmas section of Morrison's. And they're made by. They appear to be made by Lindt, who who do those kind of posh uh, Mm. Swiss chocolates. Mm. Oh yeah. They they're they're, they're described as Lindt's Creation Hot.
0: Creation
7: Hot. And uh, and the flavour, Layla, if you want to read it out.
0: Uh, orange and pepper. Orange and pepper. <laughs> yummy. <laughs>
7: Delicious. But, uh, so, yeah. So they're not. They're, it's not chocolate that you eat hot. As far as I, I, I believe it to be spicy. So is it? Do you it think
0: it's that's some kind of weird translation? Creation hot. Yes. So it sound like um, translated
7: from the Swiss. Yes. yes. Um. <coughs> try Try Let's see how. Um, because of course they. You know. A little the,
0: sort of black. Um,
7: they're kind of. Angular, nubbly, nubbly, Rabbit nubbly. dropping shaped things. Aren't
0: yeah. They? getting the
1: pepper. Is it more
7: chilli pepper rather than ground black it's pepper? A, it, says it, it says it's pepper <laughs> oil. And there's a hint of chilli oil nice. in there as well, which you, which you might be picking up. It's mm. really solid. They're
0: quite
7: nice. Do it, some of them have
0: nice lumps
7: sorry. of ginger or something? Mm. Maybe that's what it is. No, I think they might be... Um, oh, it's orange. It's fruity right. orange pieces co- coated with a finer 70% dark chocolate flavoured with hot pepper. So, And I think the other flavours are maybe something like Chocolate and chilli, which is becoming increasingly mm. Um, mm. acceptable. And I can't remember what the other one was. Maybe it was. Um... But people do have weird things like
0: strawberries and Stru- Strawberries and, and balsamic vinegar. Salt. Is it? Oh, yeah, right. That's
7: the. Um... So that's a similar kind of <laughs> Strawberries <thing>. Stru- <laughs> Stru- <laughs> Stru- <laughs> Stru- and salt. Any kind of like. <laughs> any fruit and savoury thing. <laughs> no, and of course, and of course, plums and soy sauce. Ooh, why not? <laughs> um, Bananas yeah. and marmite. But you
0: knew what I meant.
7: <laughs> Dave Green has bought some Christmas Coke
0: with I'm,
3: I'm
7: I'm just mentioning this this in this in passing because I, I'm not I'm not just the snacks of, of of Christmas present, I'm the snacks of Christmas past. Um and it, again if you go to my website, snacksbot.org.uk, um I haven't I haven't actually brought evidence of this, but again, in years gone by and again, I'm, I'm now I'm not talking. I'm talking about the olden times. I'm talking about it in the last five years or so. They use, there, there, was a, there was an insane sort of like craze for Christmas sodas, and so the, the, there was a kind of, there was a festive Pepsi. There was a spicy Pepsi that had cinnamon and something what? in it. And then Coke came back with I don't know Christmas because Coca-Cola have always traditionally owned the Christmas mm, um, uh, season and uh, and uh, and invented Santa Claus. Yes, uh, so I believe. they lay claim to that. Um, <clears throat> this year, mm. I haven't seen as many sort of Christmas colas around. Um, if, for instance, if if you're desperate to, to, to get that kind of seasonal thing... I don't know if you want to try this because I've been drinking it out of the bottle. Not all afternoon. <laughs> but... Um, not only has Dave Green bought a bottle of Coke with them, it's the dregs of a multi-pack.
0: He's now pouring it into the
7: microphone. Uh, no, you, I, <laughs> I, thought, I thought you might be able to hear it. But if you want to, if you want to make your own Christmas cola this year, and of course you're above legal drinking age, why not why not just steal um, half a bottle of leftover <laughs> cola? <laughs> From uh, uh, your brother's wedding that you've been to, and uh, and uh, and, yeah, and add what add add what was left in the bottle of uh, a bottle of red wine. Oh, you see, which it's like it's it's a mould cola. Is that what you've done? Mm. (laughs) Some wine coke.
0: Is
7: that what
0: that is? Yeah, it's like. And have
7: you been drinking this all day? It's only a one and a half liter (laughs) bottle. No, it was. um, There's
0: about um, twelve liters, twelve milliliters (laughs) left in the bottom of this (laughs) bottle. And
7: And he's got a nice rosy glow. um,
0: Man, it
7: does smell. But it's but you see, if, if you it does taste
0: Christmassy. Yeah. yeah if, to if, say, if
7: you want to have some sort of <laughs> dave wine,
0: got all spit all over it. And, no,
7: best of all, you can drink it on the tube. Nobody mm. knows. He's now
0: just necking it
7: from the bottle. Oh no, Dave, that's revolting. <laughs> well, maybe it's an acquired yeah. taste. And I understand a it, it is. A, it is a bit flat. The wed- that's the problem, I think. <laughs> the, wed- the wedding was on Saturday, and <laughs> it, so anyway, yeah, so well, if, it's
0: completely flat. Let's face it if horrible.
7: If you've got Coke that's gone off a bit, or red wine that isn't yes. drinkable under other, under other circumstances, that's that's your own. <laughs> that's Christmas your own.
1: Drink.
7: Well, thanks very much, Dave Green, for bringing thanks Christmas for Dave. snacks. Mm, and, thank you. And the uh, homemade <laughs> dirty Coke. Any pretext. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back and celebrate <laughs> the festive season now. If that's okay with you. Flat. Ooh, that's, <laughs> Oh, it's, oh, it feels like Christmas is here already.
1: This week, for the first time, we're going to be hearing from our foreign correspondent, Anna Picard who uh, many of you will, will know from her writings on the internet and in, and in newspapers. And she's going to be filing reports uh, from San Francisco.
5: My name's Anna. I live in San Francisco. I'm not from here. Uh, I just live here. Um, I'm from there, in fact, uh, where you're listening to this, unless you're listening to this in San Francisco, in which case I'm not. Uh, anyway, uh, it's the second year we've been here in San Francisco for Christmas, and it's really nice. Um, uh, it's, it's just not like home would be. But then, you know, why should it be? Uh, no no pressure. Um, but I was feeling a little bit um, homesick for a British Christmas, so I, I set off intrepidly to find one. In a suburb south of the city, there's a place called the Cow Palace. This turns out to be not, sadly, where the King of the Cows lives. It's just an exhibition centre. But I'd heard that for one month in a year, uh, Victorian London is recreated brick by brick in a rich, realistic, full-century technicolour explosion called the Great Dickens Christmas Fair. Actually, the thing that led me to believe it was going to be that uh, brilliant was was the adverb that told me where it was. But like I said, I was homesick and I was ready to believe anything. I, I just wanted, you know, the sound of carols and the smell of mulled wine and a, a mince pie and maybe um, some kind of, I don't know, pine cone thing. This was promising to be an authentic taste of British Christmas. And I, I should have been warned by the signs on the ticket booth outside requesting that credit card patrons show a thigh ID. But five minutes later, we were inside anyway and... and gazing slack-jawed at the women in huge crinoline skirts and and men in top hats and the smell of roasting chestnuts and several dozen chimney sweeps wandering around being jolly and uh, wandering past all the corsetry shops and ye olde uh, scented candle emporiums all built up to look like real shops with real doors and real windows and all filled with real brass tat and glitter and clockwork parts and other steampunk guff. It was as much like Disneyland as any other rational person might have expected, like a Dickensian Disneyland, like a Dickney Land, I suppose, uh, or Cockney Land. Uh, but it was more like a Dick Van Dyke Cockney, Dickensian Cockney Land. So kind of Dick Van Cockney Land. Um, that sounds rude. Sorry. Um, around every corner, there were merry bands of musicians strumming on varyingly accurate historical instruments, singing songs about. Actually, one of them was a song about love uh, being played in uh, a zither and uh, some kind of medieval bongo. And uh, in another room, there was a group of pirates singing the song. I hadn't heard it before, um, but it did contain the words uh, strumming on a banjo and uh, riding on the railroad. So I I kind of doubt its accuracy as as a British carol, whether I've heard it or not. And there was a, a stall selling traditional English bangers on a roll, which turned out to be pretty boring bratwurst on a chibata. But, I mean, it was nice. There were high points. There was a, a house of dickens kind of thing where, not wanting to pay to go in, I watched through the window as a bearded man told tales to a rapt crowd. Made all the better, actually, by not being able to hear the accent that he was telling them in. The accents were very poor It was like being in a warehouse of people trying to take the piss out of you. There were all these points where people said, breaking character, oh my God, your accent is great, have you been practicing long? Uh, Which was at least better than the ones who realized you were British and immediately went on the defensive in case you were there on behalf of the accent police. Because to be fair, they would get 10 to 15 years apiece if I was. And there was a shop front full of um, uh, dartboards and I played darts for half an hour and I won my first ever dartboard game, darts game. Uh, with a perfect double top, so yay. (laughs) Uh, But the homesickness breaking point came just after that when I tried to celebrate my epic win uh, and ended up in a really fierce argument with a man dressed as a good old affable Victorian pub landlord about whether I was able to use the passport issued by Her Majesty's government as a proof of age uh, or not. He said, no, it wasn't legal document. I said, my dear chap, I think you'll find, and lost. Last thing, I know I was bursting into tears in front of an unconvincing Punch and Judy stand uh, with nowhere near the amount of puppet-on-puppet violence that I remember from my youth. Christmas was not to be found there. Sausages neither. Um, The past really is a, a foreign country. They do things differently here. And when I say differently, I, of course, mean wrong.
1: Alice. Yes. People may not know uh, that you have no sense of smell unless they've read Wikipedia. <laughs> I
0: know. Yeah, you're
6: on Wikipedia as one of the famous... No. I know. Someone added What's me there the as a word? joke. Anosmic. Anosmic. No, I'm a noted anosmic. Someone may have taken it down now <laughs> since I tweeted about it, but um, yeah, I'm a noted nosmic, along with uh ben cohen off of uh, ben and jerry's the, the ice cream oh, brand does That's, he not have a sense of smell he doesn't how this, the hell does he make ice cream well this is the thing have you ever noticed ben and jerry's ice cream lots of nice textures lots of nice oh, colors it's taste. because this might i read this on the internet so it's internet true um he won't allow a flavor of ice cream to be passed until he can tell what flavor it is um, without having to be told which is a good point because I find it hard to oh. discern ice cream flavors uh, unless there's a large chunk of whatever it's supposed to be in there mm. in its natural form
0: mm. um, so yes that's so, a do you good find, fact. do you do you choose Ben and Jerry's ice cream for that reason do yeah, you find it is more tasty absolutely and yeah. yeah interesting um
6: Except for fish food. I guess they got around it with fish food because um, the other guy, Jerry, his name is, uh, was probably like, Well, we don't really want to make an ice cream with fish food in it. That tastes like fish food. Mm-hmm. So. It <laughs> might just smell uh, like fish food. Here's then... my excuse to just lump everything in and you can't stop me. But then
1: it's fish-flavoured, uh, fish-shaped, not flavoured. Yes. Fish-shaped bits of chocolate. Exactly. So if you're a you yes. could run your tongue over the bit of chocolate and you could say, Oh, that, that feels like a fish. Oh, yeah. This must be fish food. Does does that That's work?
6: Mm, yes. Um although fish generally don't feel like the small chocolate fish do in um in in the ice cream, but uh yes.
1: So what's it like living with no sense of smell? It can't be it can't be easy, surely.
6: Oh, it's not that hard. Um <laughs> just you've got used to it. I've got used to it. I think if you lose your sense of smell it's a lot worse. Um people mm. always say that losing your sense of smell you lose kind of um a lot of the uh sensations you associate with eating and Mm. people lose their appetite and people get very depressed because they Mm. can't smell things that used to evoke certain memories and certain memories are not the same when you can't imagine Mm. when you can only remember how things smell and things like strawberries taste like nothing compared to what they used to taste like whereas to me strawberries taste like strawberries because i've never smelled them so i'm fine with it Um, and it's okay. I get into... I have I have a couple of people that, that smell things for me. Um, so it's always a bit weird when I move <laughs> they to... They you around wherever
1: you go.
6: They're waiting outside right Yeah, now. they're just yeah. my
1: smellers. <laughs> Here's this bottle of milk. I'm not sure if it's off. Will yes. you smell this for me? Yes.
6: yes. So um, it's always a bit awkward when I move to a new place because you have to kind of... Um, you know, it's it's not too bad. People generally don't mind smelling things for me once. I've told them that I don't have a sense of smell. Mm. But, um, you know... If you say smell this, then they get a bit funny. You hear stories about people anosmic people wearing like far, far, far too much deodorant, mm-hmm. or um, it's usually more that than than just not yeah. just going around and absolutely yeah. stinking because yeah, right. they're paranoid, so they go yeah. too far the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like so. a
1: fourteen-year-old boy with deodorant <laughs> uh, or with um, with aftershave. Or something. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. disastrous.
6: So, but I think I'm. Everyone that knows me would would know to tell me if I smell bad. I did go out with someone who smells <laughs> Thanks, Ru. Ru I was just, just giving you a sniff. <laughs> just going to
1: check. Um, you, sm- you smell. You <laughs> smell alright.
6: I did. I used to go out with someone who <laughs> so smelled fine. bad, um, and no one told me until after we'd broken up, which was. Um, it was probably sort of considerate, I guess. Was well,
1: considerate to him, like um, A, you're the person in the class who he's going to be able to go out with. Yeah. And B. I can't remember what the B was going to be, but and it's, B it's a, C A.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: it's a match made in heaven, really. Yeah, you do should've...
0: you get do you get loads of kind of tramps and stuff? You know?
1: <laughs> do you know? I, I
0: feel... no, because yeah. you can't you can't really
6: tell I'm a nosmic as yeah. a tramp just by well, unless unless you have so... read Wikipedia, I suppose. Oh yeah, if you're a tramp that reads Wikipedia. <laughs> um, but it's free.
4: Uh, yeah. <laughs> My earliest experience of a computer games was actually a computer club at uh, the Newcastle RGS, where I went to school. Mm-hmm. And computer club involved going to Newcastle University one evening a week. Well, I had a computer department, so there was no computers at school. This is probably about nineteen eight, must be between eighty and eight something, between eighteen eighty two.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: But it's before people were getting their own. Maybe it was even earlier than that. Might have been. It's not interesting when it was, but it it was that kind of period. Uh, And they, we used to go to the computers in Newcastle University. These were not computers with monitors, (laughs) however. (laughs) These were just uh, keyboards and dot matrix printers. Nice. And we would play games. Typewriters, basically. Yeah. (laughs) We would play a game called Snail, where you controlled a snail and had to avoid whatever the natural predator of the snail is. And the uh, snail was uh, represented by the and sign, it was the early, the first famous role of the and sign in computing yeah. wasn't as uh, it was in its current role within uh, in the world wide web, but in fact it was just to represent a snail oh. on a dot matrix printer, and then hash, the hashes mm-hmm. were whatever the predator was, and this grid would print off, and the snail would be somewhere on the grid, and various hash signs would be around the rest of the grid, and it would yeah. be, I don't know, a 10 by 10 grid or 20 by 20 grid. Yes. And then you'd see how close the hash lines were and you would push arrows, mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. arrows to avoid arrows, to move your snail and then press return or something. And then <laughs> 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 and another the whole, we would print off again. Yeah, another... <laughs> and then we would have <laughs> moved <laughs> one. And right, I've <laughs> removed down south one. And you move south one. <laughs> and I, we could not wait to get, this is the most exciting evening <laughs> of the week.
0: Last time, we met Alice. You were playing Lemmings a lot. Oh, God, so much! Le- we, we, we'd have to talk about games a bit. I,
6: I have been. I'm still playing Lemmings a bit. Um, I, I, I watched the YouTube video of the guy comment, the guy's commentary on Lemmings. Oh yeah. Um, I, boy, I wasted my. I watched three of them in a row. and just thought, <laughs> oh God, forty minutes of my lunch <laughs> break. <laughs> Basically, my whole lunch break spent watching this guy comment, <laughs> do a commentary on the first three. Uh, levels of lemmings. So
3: how how you get on with lemmings when <coughs> you
0: completed? Good.
2: I
6: haven't. Mm, I'm level, on. Uh,
0: I'm on the tricky levels now. Oh yeah. Because um, they all have funny names, don't they? Each yeah. Section, <laughs> and, and levels. <laughs> I forget what they are now. But one of them's. I mean, yeah. There's it's, trickies.
6: It's got a great, just sort of a great sense of humour all the way, mm. all the way through. And um, I just, I lo- I'm quite, I'm quite into sort of pixel art and pixel mm. drawings. And um, they've got such a wide variety of expression and <laughs> yes. movement, considering they're only about, you know, 12 pixels high. Uh, you can really see what's going on with them, and they, their hair bobs around when mm. they move, and, and it's just great. And there's such a wide range of stuff that you mm. could plausibly do. Or there's only one thing you really want to do, and that's get them
1: in the damn hole at the end, or blow them all um, up in a big fire. Because that's much oh, more fun. And they're it? so
6: pretty. When get them all lined up too. as far out as
1: possible, and then yeah. nuke
6: them. <laughs> and they all start freaking out when the when the numbers are going down. you Shake their heads. Yeah, yeah. <gasps> it's really. Oh no. It's just a really good
0: game. I just He's really, like really like it. Um, well, I mean, the thing I was going to say about Lemmings is, as I said the last time, me and Alice talked about Lemmings. All the best games are about um, physical labour. Do you? Do you know? You're so right. Because <laughs> in my opinion. <clears throat> no, in uh, my final year
6: university, I mm. did a uh, module which was uh, artificial intelligence for games, mm. and um, mm. part of it was storytelling in computer games. Yeah. And. The, the main premise of this particular point that my lecturer was making was that all good computer games have a story and uh, someone said well what about Tetris, that doesn't really have yeah. a story but she said that there's a theory and I tried to find this on the internet so that I could show you it and then <laughs> cite it but I couldn't that um, Tetris is about a sort of master-slave scenario where your master is giving you lots of bricks to stack and mm. you have to keep up with it otherwise you lose and that again manual labor mm. and Tetris great game. Tetris, so,
4: on yeah. Dig Dug. Um. I used to work in a radio station in Bradford uh, when I worked for for five years and it was around the time of Wolfenstein mm. the original really blocky Wolfenstein yeah. mm. and I remember uh, me and my colleague sitting in the office playing it after work and I think we were there till 11 o'clock at night <laughs> sitting in the office playing and all the whole thing with of a there was a lot of it was all very sideways movements and lots of yeah. strafing and strafing down walls mm. to try and see if there were any secret passages which is a really sort of weird hypnotic thing to do because you're not even sort of shooting things you're just going down walls and watching these this strange rendered thing <laughs> come yeah. past you the same blue pattern a thousand times yeah
1: no! Oh!
4: <laughs> uh, I think shooting the dog. which was, uh, oh, was shooting the dog. the dog. Ah, ah! the dog. I think it was the noise that the dog made. Um, <laughs> uh, and you, you look for this, And then we went, I remember we had this, not, this particularly long session of it, and then we went to Pizza Hut around the corner. And Pizza Hut, there was a long bench with a sort of wooden back to it, and my instinct was to go and check the wooden bench for secret doors. Really, and it really disturbed me. It was like sort of being mm. hypnotised, not breaking mm. out of that trap. Of going, looking down all the surfaces around Bradford town centre, in Foster Square in Bradford, looking for hidden like doors door. in which there might be some kind of gold crucifix, <laughs>
1: or some, or a joint of meat, or a yeah. new gun, the minigun, <laughs> or, mini <laughs> or a minigun,
4: or a, a glass, or a, gold, a metal goblet from which I might get ten health points. <laughs> Whereas in fact I just had a pepperoni pizza, from which I got my health points. Um, <laughs> Place of food left on the floor. I did follow that whole ID software thing, though, through playing Wolfenstein...
1: Through Doom, doom yeah. Quake,
4: various incarnations of Doom, yeah. and then Quake, quake I love and then quake. the return to Castle Wolfenstein, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, which I think maybe still remain my favourite game, good. you've got that kind of backstory about played Wolfenstein, even though it's completely different yeah. in that, there's something nice about the legacy of it, yeah. and there's
1: something really lovely about that, but then there's the new Wolfenstein, there's the new good. one supposed to that's be that's terrible, not it? Yeah, I wouldn't bother with that. But, but if boys, you played Half-Life 2, did you play the others as well? Did you play, like, episode, episode 2 of the yeah, first everything one? everything's in the orange yeah. box. Oh, orange box, yeah, okay. Which so is that great. Means
4: portal, portal as well. Portal. Portal. portal yeah, that will be the rival to the best game. Yeah, like. great. Again, the atmosphere of it and the world it creates
1: is great. Yeah. The mm. song yeah. the end.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Well, the whole thing, great thing about that is the fact that we, once you think you finished, it's actually the beginning of the game. When you yeah. actually finish the last actual level, is that sudden getting behind the scenes and going through all the dirty pipe work and all that kind of stuff. And the way that's done is great it's because it's a false yeah. ending, which actually unfolds the whole other mm. game. I think that's a lovely. Yeah, so that and then Half Life 2. Of course playing Half-Life 2 then led me to walk around the flat looking at the cat going Ah Freeman <laughs> um, for about a fortnight. I
0: don't think you should play any more games ever. <laughs> it has, has an effect on you that's unusual and excessive. <laughs> but you've got to do these things with
4: okay? games. You've got to surely anyone who's played Half-Life Two has walked around there flacking, Ah Freeman. Um <laughs> i mean what else is there to do or oh, doing that thing where you can zoom in there's a zoom function obviously that you've got on the thing when you've got the whatever it is you're looking through yeah. uh, of following around following alex around in half-life 2 while she's doing some boring bit of exposition and, and zooming in on her arse that's like that immense pleasure <laughs> she doesn't know I'm looking at her arse and just zooming in while she's playing with some, doing some stuff on a thing and let me just open that, get down that force field for you and oh, I'm looking at your well, think This is how, this is how a <laughs> middle-aged man enjoys PC games. You should play some more Tomb Raider. That's, that's the yeah. right game for you. But then you kind of meant to Right. Oh. It's kind of too obvious. obvious. Being led, yeah, it's yeah. kind of yeah. too obvious. You want to go for
0: the most pixely, like <laughs> just a polygon of a person, yeah. and, and
4: that's the one. Check him out. That's one you're stalking. That's yeah, Princess Super
0: Peach. Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. yeah, the original
1: Mario. I think I'm revealing <laughs> too much. <laughs> <extra fun. laughs> Strange game fetishes. <laughs> Thank you very much, uh, both of you. In fact, all of you for joining us. Uh, it's been a really, really fun uh, Christmas episode, uh, and um, yes. yeah, we'll thank we'll you. be back uh, next week um, with the Thursday, the thirty-first of December episode, which is the New Year special. Uh, but until then, uh, thank you, listeners, and, and goodbye. Thank you.
0: Happy Christmas.
1: And, and goodbye to all of our lovely guests.
3: Bye. <laughs> Are you going to bring your Christmas presents? Oh, Peace